Hey friend, welcome back to Bible Tracked Echoes. I'm Mike McCurry, your host. I want to thank you, each and every one of you that tune in to this program, many of you on a daily basis. I mentioned yesterday on the program, got to talk to Mark. He's a truck driver, listens on, I think, FBN radio, if I'm not mistaken. And he told me he listens in the truck almost every single day. Many of you listen on VCY, WVGV, WGVD, WYTJ. I know for so many states, it's Shareathon season, and uh, some of you, some of your stations have already had them back in September. Some of you them are coming up here in October. Make sure you support your local radio station. If they help you, if God allows them to be a blessing to you, let me just put a blanket statement out there for all the radio stations. Make sure you support, and I'm so very thankful for each and every one of them. We're so blessed to be partnered with literally dozens upon dozens, over hundreds. 110 different radio stations across America and the world, and we're very thankful for it. Now, we find our place back in Mark 7. We took just a one-day break. We went to the book of Luke yesterday, talked about prayer for just a moment, but we're back in the book of Mark, chapter number 7. What we're going to discuss today, it has to be understood in the context of what we discussed on Monday, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Look at Mark, chapter number 7. I think we're going to begin in verse number 14. Before we do that, let me just make mention for those of you, I've heard good things and I, I had someone reach out. I'm trying to remember where it was, but they told me they greatly appreciated when I have Matt Pearson on the radio with me. He handles what we call our partner connection calls. He talks to about 150 or 200 people a week and uh, he shares some testimonies on the radio uh, that he's heard from people that tune in uh, to our radio station or more likely people that just use our gospel tracks. Many people that don't even know we have a radio program, but people that use our gospel tracks and they have such rich stories about how God has blessed their use of gospel tracks. And I want Matt to share some of those with you. So either tomorrow or Friday on the broadcast, not sure which, he'll either be on tomorrow or Friday for two, three, five minutes or so telling us about some of his connections with people just like you. So make sure you tune in for that. Mark chapter number seven and verse number 14. The Bible says this, and when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, hearken unto me, every one of you and understand. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. And if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. 
Now, we're taking some big chunks here. We could break these down, honestly, and spend a week on them. But I told you my goal. We're going to try to get through the book of Mark by the end of the year. We'll see if it happens or not. Now, realize here the context is crucial to this passage. The earlier part of Mark chapter number 7, remember on Monday we talked about that. We mentioned taking care of your mom and dad, honoring your mom and dad. But the main thrust, the context of that passage was talking about putting the traditions of men higher than the doctrine of of God. There was a dispute between Jesus and the Pharisees. And if there's ever a dispute between you and Jesus, just know who's always right. It's always God. I've, I've met some people, and maybe I'm this type of person sometimes, but some people, they've never had an opinion that's ever been wrong. You know what I'm talking about? I'm being a little sarcastic here. They've never had an opinion that they later found out was wrong. Uh, that's not the case. Oftentimes, we can be mistaken. These Pharisees, they very much were. They were bothered, the Pharisees were, about the fact that Jesus' disciples didn't observe the the ceremonial tra tra uh, traditions of washing their hands. And verses 14 and 15, that, that, that was Mark 7, 1 through 13 or so. But here in verse number 14, he calls the people unto him and he makes what could be considered something of a radical, something of a revolutionary statement, especially in, uh, I wouldn't, not even just the time frame, just in the cultural makeup, the headspace of where everyone had, has been for years now, for decades, almost centuries, under the thumb of these religious leaders. He makes what could be considered a revolutionary, Jesus does, statement. He argues or opines or pronounces. I wouldn't say he argues because it's the truth. He just says it and it's true. He says that what one eats, or in a broader sense, if you're thinking of external rituals and whatnot, all these rituals and traditions of men that these Pharisees had, that those don't spiritually defile a person like, but in, or should I say instead, the inner character, the heart and mind of a man the content of one's heart is what matters. Now you got to realize these Pharisees, the Bible talks about he's, in other passages how they are whited sepulchers, meaning whitewashed, beautiful, gleaming sepulchers, but inside they're full of dead man's bones. I drove by a cemetery not long ago and saw a beautiful edifice. It was probably, I don't know, 10 foot by 6 foot or so, uh, a crypt, I guess. I don't know what the technical definition of a crypt is, but that's what the word that came to mind. Uh, someone, some family member of somebody was lying in there. Now understand they were dead. They was blocked up. There was no way out. It looked beautiful on the outside, but inside there was a dead person. And that's what Jesus describes these Pharisees as. But here in verses 14 to 15, there is nothing, Jesus says, from without a man that entering into him can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. But then in verse 16, he wants them to understand. He said, call for discernment here. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. He says, that which entereth into him can't defile him, doesn't defile him, but it's that which cometh out of a man, the inward that comes out, that's what defiles him. Well, these disciples, they did not quite understand. And so privately in verse number 17, 18, 19, they were realized they were deeply, deeply ingrained into the culture and rigidness of the day. That's what they'd grown up with. And they did not immediately grasp Jesus's teaching here, but 
Jesus, he gives them a little more context. He says, verse number 19, no, verse 18, he saith, saith unto them, he asks, are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him, because it entereth not into his heart, but into his belly, into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. Realize this, food doesn't go to your heart. Now, realize, uh, physically speaking, medically speaking, all that type of stuff, obviously what you eat can affect you and all, all of that. But he's speaking uh, emotionally, mentally, speaking spiritually here. What you eat doesn't defile you doesn't make you dirty one way. I realize these Pharisees had really strong opinions about what you could eat and couldn't eat and all that type of stuff. And remember, Peter saw the sheet come down with many animals that would be considered unclean. And Peter even argued, even after hearing this from Jesus' own lips, he argued, I can't eat that, Jesus. And God tells him, I said, eat it. It's clean. You can go ahead. But realize here, Jesus is saying the food you eat the external traditions and rituals you take part in, that's not the biggest deal. The problem is the condition of your heart. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Verses 20 through 23, Jesus, he goes on to explain that true defilement or what separates humanity from God originates from within. Sin is written upon, uh, sin is, is part of who we are. Yes, the law of God is written on our hearts, but sin is ingrained in us. There has never been and never will be born a perfect human besides save the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what he is, he is kind of, as I said, radically, uh, somewhat revolutionarily, uh, shifting the focus from external rituals to the internal state of the human heart. It's amazing how often we today can miss this. We emphasize the exterior. Now, do I believe that there are biblical principles about what people should and should not wear? Absolutely. I was just uh, at a church uh, recently, and the, the pastor was preaching. I, I wasn't the one preaching that night. He did a marvelous job. He said there are three reasons that humans wear clothes. Three reasons, did you know? The first one is for protection. I don't want to get sunburned all over. I can tell you that much for sure. I've been sunburned before, not interested in it getting all over my body, that's for sure. So for protection, maybe from the cold or from the heat or from, uh, if you're going to, you know, if there's a gravel, you don't want to fall and skin your knee and so you wear, uh, wear something to protect all that. So protection. Number two, though, is modesty. That's a biblical reason to wear clothes. Number three is the distinction of the genders. God created male and female, male and female created he them. There should be and will be, uh, biblically speaking, there should be distinctions. But we do, I'll, I'll tell you, I can be guilty of this, but we all can. We can look on the outward appearance so hard and so thoroughly and so critically that we miss the fact that we have a beam in our own eye and we're trying to pick out the moat, the little splinter from someone else's eye. And Jesus tells us so succinctly here, so wisely, that the interior, that's what matters. God looketh on the heart. Now, I will also say this, biblically speaking, what's on the inside will come out. Just because you are spiritual, act, you are active does not make you spiritual, but spiritual people will be active. So if you think just putting on the facade of your Sunday morning best and speaking prim and proper and never cursing and wearing what you, what you, what you believe God's told you to wear, if you think all of those is going to equate to spirituality, you're dead wrong. But I will say, 
If God is your savior, if he's your king, if he's the Lord of your life, if you want to serve him, if you want to worship him, if you want to please him, then you will. Many of those things will just naturally happen. Now, I will say this, though, as we conclude, because what's on the inside will come out. When we talk about judging and judge not lest ye be judged, we take that verse often out of context. We're not not going to adjudicate or argue that right now. But I want to say this. As we conclude the broadcast today, what what's on the inside comes out. And so, therefore, we should be careful about what's on the exterior. We should be. I'm not just talking about clothes. I'm talking about our speech. I'm talking about our countenance. I'm talking about our, our love for the brethren, our emotional and physical and mental makeup. They should res- reflect our spiritual health. This is a, a, a not, I wouldn't say a touchy subject, it's a biblical subject, but it's a lot to unpack in a short period of time. We, we've made great strides through Mark chapter number seven, and maybe by the end of this week, we'll conclude it. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. My prayer as we continue is that you have a great day for his glory. We'll plan on talking to you very soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.